Listen, there are so many wonderful truths that describe our relationship with God, aren't there? We, uh, we describe Him as our Creator, our Redeemer, our Healer, our Provider, our Lord, our King, and so much more besides. But perhaps the most amazing thing of all is this. He wants to be your friend. Now, over the summer, we're planning a series called Friendship Matters, looking at various aspects of friendship. And first up this morning is our friendship with God. Now listen, I want to be honest with you. When Caleb asked me some weeks ago to speak on this, I tried to get out of it. Uh, the reason is that uh, I felt like I didn't have a lot to say on the subject. Uh, I felt like it wasn't something that I have a great track record with. And, uh, you know, the truth is there have been <clears throat> too many times when I look back when I feel like I haven't made much of an effort to stay in touch with him until I faced some problem maybe or there was something that I really badly wanted. So, so while I believe that God loves me, if I'm honest, uh, a lot of my life as a Christian, I've just felt this little kind of sense that, that probably he's a bit disappointed with me. Maybe some of you feel the same way this morning. So I'm really grateful to Caleb for making me do this talk. It's made me think less about what a poor friend I am to God and more about what a, an incredibly good friend he is to me. Uh, and here's my conclusion. And we could finish the talk here, really. <laughs> what a friend we have in Jesus. Don't we? What a friend we have in Jesus. He is, he is truly the best friend that you could ever have. And of course, it's through him that we are restored to friendship with the God who has revealed himself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And friendship was God's plan from the very beginning. He is relational. He created us in his image uh, as relational beings. And when we read those early chapters, the first chapter or two in Genesis, Adam and Eve in the garden, there was no religion, there was no rituals. The relationship between God and human beings was one of friendship. Until, <clears throat> of course, we decided that we knew better than God what was good for us. And sin entered and the friendship was broken. Ever since then, we have been trying in vain to fill this emptiness that is inside us with other things. But the good news is that through Jesus, the friendship with God is restored. The Gospel of John records something that Jesus said to his disciples, which I believe applies to everyone who puts their trust in him. John 15, chapter 15, verse 15, Jesus says to the disciples, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. It's not us who decided to call Jesus our friend. It's he who chose us to be his friends. Now, just imagine for a minute this morning as some well-known person that you really admire, maybe someone like Gareth Southgate or David Attenborough 
or maybe the Duchess of Cambridge, Professor Witty, I don't know, whoever. Imagine that one day they make contact with you and tell you, you know, they'd been kind of following you on Twitter and Instagram and checking out your Facebook and, and really, they would really like you to be their friend. Well, that would be a bit weird, wouldn't it, obviously? But, but just bear with me for a minute because here we have the Son of God, the one through whom all things were created, the King of kings, the Savior of the world, the most exalted person in the universe wants you for a friend. Just let that sink in. Here on this night before he goes to the cross, Jesus tells his disciples that there is something that is more important to him than having us do stuff. That's not to be your main identity. He wants you for a friend. Not just on nodding terms, but a close personal companion. He wants you to enjoy him, to delight in him as he delights in you. Isn't that an amazing thought? You know, we could, we could spend this morning looking at how we respond to that, the things that we can do to cultivate this friendship with Jesus. But listen, I'm not here this morning to add some other things to your to-do list. I really just want to consider what a friend we have in Jesus. First of all, Jesus is a friend. I've got seven points. That's the magical number. Firstly, Jesus is a friend who is all in. He says, all that I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. You know, sometimes even with friends, we can kind of hold something of ourselves back. There are some things that we would just rather not talk about, the kind of no-go areas. Not with Jesus. He's told you I've told you everything, he says. He speaks to his friends of his, of his deepest purposes, his joys, his sorrows. As soon after this, we see that he wants them at his side when he's going through his greatest trial. Jesus befriends you for his joy and comfort as well as, his, as, well as ours. So friendship isn't, I mean, we know this, don't we, that friendship isn't based on a set of obligations, carrying out duties, we gladly do things for a friend if they need us to do it. But basically, it's about, first of all, it's about enjoying being with someone. It's about doing things together. It's about going after the same things. And that's the kind of friendship that Jesus wants with you and with me. Secondly, the, thing, the second thing we can say about Jesus is that he is a friend of sinners. A lot of people imagine that Jesus is only interested in religious people. <laughs> you know, they couldn't be more wrong. Matthew eleven nineteen says, The Son of Man, that's Jesus, he came eating and drinking, and they say, Here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. This is Jesus speaking, and all he is doing is simply repeating what his critics have been saying about him. They mean it as an insult, but it's true. Not the bit about being a glutton and a drunkard, but he is a friend of sinners. He's a friend of people who know that they're not good enough. A friend of people who have done things that they feel ashamed of. 
they enjoy being around him. They don't feel judged by him. He gives them hope. He enables them to see a better future for themselves. He brings out the best in them. The fact that Jesus is a friend of sinners is, is only a problem if you don't see yourself as being in that category. If, like me, you do, then this really is good news. Because it means that there's nothing about you that will shock him or put him off. His friendship towards you isn't based on what kind of a person you've been. Listen, the truth is, most of us will tend to be selective about who we call our friends. Usually it will be people who are basically similar to ourselves. What about Jesus? John Chapter 6, verse 37 says, All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. That's the only qualification for friendship with Jesus. You need to come to him. It doesn't say whoever comes to me feeling bad enough about themselves. It doesn't say whoever comes to me who is sufficiently committed to change. And maybe you're thinking this morning, but, but I've done some terrible things. Whoever comes to me. But, but my, my life is such a mess. Whoever comes to me. But Jesus, I've, I've let you down so many times. Whoever comes to me. Isn't that amazing? He's not put off by your foibles or your failures. He won't give you a stern talking to or tell you to get your act together. In fact, he loves you to come to him to receive his grace and mercy. He loves it when we come to him to receive his grace and mercy because that's who he is. That's what he loves to do. His joy, if you like, is in giving mercy. Our joy is in receiving his mercy. Whoever comes to him, he will never drive away. But listen, his friendship goes even further than that. Thirdly, Jesus is a friend who pursues you. Yeah, maybe you've known friendships where it feels like you're the one who has to do all the running. You're the one who always has to get in touch or suggest meeting up. Jesus is not that kind of a friend. Now, I don't know about you, but normally if we see someone as a potential friend, we kind of put out some feelers to see if they respond in a friendly way towards us. We look for some kind of reciprocity in the relationship. Jesus isn't like that. He, he doesn't wait until, we, until he sees how we are going to respond to him. Romans 5.10 tells us that while we were still God's enemies, we were reconciled to him by the death of Jesus. Imagine that, while we were still his enemies. You know, it's possible that someone might take a bullet for their friend. It's possible. There are stories of people doing that, but no one takes a bullet for their enemy. But that's what Jesus did for you and for me. He didn't wait till you became friendly towards him. He didn't wait till you decided to change. He didn't wait until you took a step towards him. No, it was while 
you rejected him, while you ignored him, while you were indifferent towards him, that's when he died for you. Now, if he loved you enough to do that, how much more can you rely on him now that he calls you his friend? Fourthly, Jesus is a friend who really does pray for you. (laughs) How often have you told someone, I'll pray for you, but it just somehow goes out of your mind to do that? Hebrews 7.25 tells us that Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. That's what Jesus is doing right now for you. To intercede is to speak up on behalf of another person. And Jesus is speaking up on our behalf to the Father. Not for a second because the Father is reluctant to embrace you or because he loves you any less than Jesus does. They are in total agreement about you. Everything that needed to be done for you to be saved was done by Jesus through his death and resurrection. But now it's like through his intercession, he applies what he has accomplished for us on the cross. And he intercedes for us in heaven because we continue to fall short here on earth. He carries us in prayer all the way home. And listen, if your prayer life is anything like mine, that's good news because it means it doesn't all depend on you. You have a friend who lives to pray for you. It's like a, I think it's a bit like a little child wading into the sea. At first she, she, she reaches out to take her father's hand, but as the, as the sea gets deeper and the waves get higher, it's not so much her holding on to her father as her father holding on to her. And that's how it is with Jesus. It's like your security isn't in you clinging on to him, but in his sure hold of you. He is not going to let you go. Fifthly, Jesus is a friend who understands you. He gets you. You know, sometimes even our friends don't get why we're feeling or acting the way that we are. Their advice is misplaced. That's not how it is with Jesus. In fact, he knows you better than you know yourself. And his heart towards you is unfailingly tender. Hebrews 4.15 For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without committing any sin. As he intercedes for us, Jesus is serving as our high priest. Now, we tend to see priests as as kind of living on a different plane, that they are detached from the kinds of trials and temptations that the rest of us ordinary mortals face, but not Jesus. This word translated sympathize here doesn't just mean that he feels sorry for you. It's the depth of compassion that a parent feels towards their child. You feel what they feel. You go through it with them. If you're a parent, you know that only too well. Even, I mean, we 
Our daughter is now in her 30s. She rang us up late last night to tell us that they were being flooded out. They're in there in Vienna, these storms, and suddenly water is pouring into the house. And we're thinking, oh, we just want to be there to help them. You feel what they feel. You go through it with them. Jesus feels your suffering as if it was his own. And the reason Jesus is able to enter into your pain like that is because he himself has been tempted and tested in every way, just as you have. The only difference is he never sinned. Not once. That's why he was able to pay the penalty for your sins and mine and not just have to die for his own sins. That's what would face the rest of us if Jesus hadn't done that. But he knows what it's like to walk in your shoes. He has felt the pain of being rejected and shamed and, and misunderstood. He, he knows what it is to feel lonely and unfriended and abandoned. He has experienced the worst that the world can do to us. So when your emotions are all over the place, when someone you depend on lets you down, when you feel at the end of your rope, when, when your responsibilities feel too heavy for you to bear, you have a friend who understands and who cares deeply. Now listen, Jesus never promised his friends an easy life. In fact, he tells us, he told us quite plainly, in this world, what will you have? Tribulation. You'll have troubles. You, in this world, tribulation, troubles, trials, Life is hard, but he does promise that he will never leave us or abandon us. That brings us to the next things. Number six, Jesus is a friend who comes alongside you. This can be hard to get our heads around, can't it? It's like Jesus is in heaven, I'm here. When I pray, how can I know that he's listening? How can I have a friendship with someone that I can't even see. But Proverbs 18.24 tells us that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Jesus is that friend. And the reason is that he gives us his spirit to live within us. And you can't get any closer than that, can you? He lives within us. And... Uh, it's the Spirit. The work of the Spirit is to make Jesus real to us. And he reassures our hearts that we are not just like children with an imaginary friend. That he's real and he loves us. And the Spirit makes that known to us in our experience. Listen, it's one thing for a father to tell his child that he loves him. It's another thing completely for that child to be swept up in his father's arms, to feel his warmth, to feel his pleasure in him. And that's what the Spirit does for us. He enables us to experience the affection of Jesus. The Spirit conveys his heart and his presence to us here on earth. Wherever you are, whatever life is handing you, by his Spirit, Jesus is with us. Finally, Jesus is a friend that you can trust. In fact, if you don't trust someone, then really they're not a friend. You can trust Jesus. He isn't looking how he might use you. 
about how he could exploit you. He genuinely has your best interests at heart. And you can trust him with your life. Don't just, don't just trust him for forgiveness and then go on living life the way that you think's best. Trust him with every part of your life because he knows better than you do what's good for you. John 15 verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command. Now listen, if anybody else says to you, you're my friend if you do what I tell you, <laughs> run. <laughs> Why is it any different with Jesus? But you know, people get this wrong all the time. We don't obey him out of guilt or fear or to avoid his disapproval. We obey him because we trust that he loves us and that he wants what's best for us. And here's the kicker. What does Jesus want for you more than anything else? If he hadn't told us, we'd never have guessed. What he wants is that we share in his joy. Did you know that Jesus is the most joyful person alive? He is. You wouldn't think that when you look at the religious paintings that people do of him. But, but it's true. And he says here, John 15, verse 11, I have told you this. In other words, I've told you to obey my commands. Here's the reason. So that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. Jesus asks us to obey him. <laughs> this is just so good. Not because he wants us to be miserable and rob us of enjoyment in life, like everybody seems to imagine, but the very opposite. He wants us to share in his joy, both in this life and in the life to come. It's when I think that I know better than God what's good for me and how to live. That's when I'm in trouble. That's how it all went wrong in the beginning. That is the root of all our misery. Anybody here wants some more joy? You're allowed to, I know you've got masks on, but you know, wave a hand, say yes. You know, show a little bit of enthusiasm here. <laughs> yeah, we want more joy. Everybody wants more joy, I would think. Well, if that's what you want in life, then trust me, you and Jesus are on the same page. He wants you to share in his joy. And by the way, what's winding up here, what's the main command that Jesus gives us? John 15, verse 17. This is my command. Love one another. This is the... Being a friend of Jesus is not an exclusive relationship. It, it, means part of, it means being part of the biggest WhatsApp group in the world. It's, listen, it's not hard to be a friend of Jesus. What's more challenging is being friends with all his other friends. Yes? Amen? Anybody? <laughs> That's what we're going to be looking at some more over the coming weeks. But to sum up, what a friend 
we have in Jesus. You can't buy his friendship. You can never be good enough to earn his friendship. You can't bribe him or bargain with him or negotiate the terms of the relationship. You can only receive his gift of friendship. The restoration of your relationship with God paid in full by him. Now listen, if you haven't done that yet, then you are missing the whole point of your life. (laughs) Believe it or not, the purpose of life is not to get to the end of it and finally finish your to-do list. God created you to be his friend, to know him and love him even as he loves and delights in you. And, And if you want that, then in a few moments... You'll have an opportunity to take hold of it. But, but listen, maybe this morning, maybe a bit like me, you would say that you have known Jesus as a friend. It's not like you've fallen out, but maybe you've drifted apart. That, I think, happens to most of us, if not all of us. The question is, what do you want to do about it? Do you want that to change? You know, someone once said that if God, if you feel that God is distant, guess we moved. Ouch. Ouch. So what if we all made it our number one priority this summer to renew our friendship with Jesus, to appreciate afresh what a, what a wonderful friend he is. You know, maybe every morning, the moment you wake up before you put on the kettle. (laughs) Just say a little prayer to him. Jesus, thank you. What a friend you are to me. Let that be a growing reality in my life. Let me just know you a little better today and love you a little more. How does that sound? You know, if, if on a given day you come into a, just a little bigger appreciation of what a wonderful friend he is, then that day is a success. Whatever else goes wrong, <laughs> however frustrating that day may be, if that happens, that is a beautiful day for you. So, let's just take a moment to pray. If you... If you want to get started, you know, ultimately coming to Jesus involves doing what we're about to do this morning, getting baptized. Sooner or later, if you come to Jesus, that's what happens. But it doesn't start with that. And maybe this morning, if you want to get started in this friendship with Jesus, you can do that right now. It's so straightforward. I'm just going to pray. And if you agree with what I say, then just to say it in your own heart. Yes, Jesus. Yes, I want that. So let's just, let's just bow our heads. If you're listening to this at home on YouTube or Zoom or whatever, you can, you can take part in this. You can do this too. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you died for me so that I can know friendship with the God who loves me. Lord, I come to you now trusting you to forgive me and give me a new life in you so that I can share in your joy
forever. Amen. And Father, I pray too for all of us, myself included, Father, that we might come to appreciate afresh in these coming weeks what a friend we have in Jesus. Lord, over these coming weeks, would you so work in our hearts by your Spirit that we will come to experience that reality more. For we ask it in his name. Amen. Thank you.